but I can't not do that. I can't turn that part off of me about really caring about doing good work and doing a good job. And I kind of go all in on anything that I do. Mm-hmm. So when I commit to doing that, I sort of, I sort of do it. Um, and I think I was able to play off of that a lot. But yeah, you're really doing your own evaluations all the time <laughs> on yourself. But everyone which... should be doing that. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, welcome to Medium Lady Talks, episode 46. Today's episode is an interview with my friend, entrepreneur, photographer, brand designer, and creative director, Dana Castro. Dana is an incredible person. She's totally reflective. She's very growth-minded. And what you'll hear in the episode is her sharing about her experience as a person starting her own business. So you'll hear about her slow transition to entrepreneurship. You'll hear about her interesting point of view on personal growth when you're the only one who can give yourself feedback uh, at work. What to think about if you're deeply dissatisfied with your job or you're reevaluating your approach to paid work. And I think what you'll find from Dana is that her personal reflection is really applicable, even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're someone who loves your job. Um... We can all be doing little things to increase our margin of controlled discomfort, and uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. So without further ado, here's myself and Dana Castro talking all about entrepreneurship, self-discovery, and controlled discomfort. Hello, hi, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. Today's episode features a guest, my good friend, neighbor, school mom, and someone that I admire a lot, Dana Castro from Three Crowns Branding, photographer, web designer, graphic designer, logo designer. She does it all. (laughs) Hi, Dana. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining in. So full confession is that Dana and my sons are the same age and they participated in the same baseball house league this year. And so um, they weren't on the same team, but Dana and I got to kind of cross paths Monday evenings through the summer. And I said to Dana, hey, um, I really would love to have you on my podcast. And Dana said, anytime, anywhere. I said, I've been waiting. Like, what took you so long? (laughs) Keep you waiting. No, I'm ready. Ready when you are. That's awesome. So Dana, usually when I have a guest on, the first thing that I bring up is I ask the guest to tell us who they are, what they're all about, and then also kind of how we met. Do you remember? Because I really remember the day I met you, but you probably don't. It was school related. Mm -hmm. Was it before uh, kindergarten started? We met in the park, maybe? Yeah. So there was like a Facebook on the local Facebook page. Somebody had Mm -hmm. posted like, hey, is anyone's kid? Was it you? It was me. (laughs) Of course it was. Of course, I'm an organizer. I've organized. <laughs> yeah, you're extremely organized and you're very extroverted and you bring community together. That is like your superpower. And you were doing it before you even had a kid in school, bringing moms and dads together. And like before we knew it, we had like a play date at the park 
with, I don't know, at least a dozen kids and parents mm-hmm. and somebody had ice cream bars and somebody had juice boxes and somebody there had was games. Games. Yeah. yeah. And it was um, a brilliant idea. Oh, that's where part. we met. <laughs> that's where we met. But the crazy thing that everyone it's a, this really colors this interaction, which is like, okay, yeah, like people can probably imagine a mom putting it out there on Facebook to try and get other parents together. But you at the time had a newborn. And when I met you, your youngest was 10 weeks old. Yeah. Was he strapped to me, maybe? No, he was in a very cute, like, stroller situation set up. I left him in the house. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I told everyone how we met, but. Yeah. Um... No. <laughs> we went out for dinner after yeah. that, too. Yeah. That was nice. And then, and then a lot of misconnections where I think we probably just done more things uh, than we did, but we've both been really busy Yeah, um, with, you know, life changes and children and stuff like that. Yeah. I like to imagine that we've done more that like, I go to coffee with you and it's like super chill. Yeah. And we're always hanging out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those people I'm like, we should, we, we should hang out again. Yeah. And then little interactions with the kids, which has been really nice. You have lovely children that are great examples of your parenting. But who, who am I? Did you want me to tell a little bit yeah, about that? Please. Okay. Yeah. So I, when we met, I was, I think I was working corporately and then I picked up my camera. I've always loved doing that, but never really thought about making money from it in, uh, yeah. So 20, 2018, and then kind of slowly morphed it into a business. So since you've known me, I kind of found sort of got to know me at the beginning of when I was making that arc and transition from uh, corporate life to freelance life. And I think you've been kind of watching me on on the internet too. that arc from from sort of like family photographer on the side to way more on the commercial and business side, which is what I do now and love so much. Yeah. And what would you say is the core of your business today? Like services or? Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of, I kind of morphed more into talk, like saying photography and creative director, because there are video as part of my clients needs and services, but I usually collaborate with somebody uh, for that. But sort of the overall vision is that, um, and then there's web design in there too. So I kind of get to help a client go from the beginning, middle and end of sort of the launch of their business, and then sort of support them with uh, content and media and things like that as they sort of move forward in their business. And hopefully I help them make, you know, a profit and succeed. And then I get to see them again and again. And then I get to watch their sort of arc into their business, which is cool too. So that kind of is the essence of what I do, but I'm a one woman show. So, <laughs> well, I am, I'm also, I also do my bookkeeping <laughs> and social media management. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the beginning, because right, what you're doing right now, I think as an as someone who's observed that from very early days, you know, for me, the timing was right to be like a, a fly on the wall for your, you know, growth and success via Instagram, because mm-hmm. where you started was you picked up a camera at that time. You must have had really good photography experience before that. 
Yeah, so I, I'd always liked using my camera. I think I got my first DSLR in like 2010, 2011 for our wedding. I think I was like, I want to take <laughs> photos of all the DIY stuff I'm doing. So I bought one oh, yeah. then. And, and then I sort of was like, I, I didn't realize I was kind of a gearhead. And then I, I sort of totally now know that I, I am um, interested in tech and gear. And so I, I kind of just started kind of taking it from there, which was like, I want a new lens. And then how do I add lighting? And then how do I experiment with that? I'm a very visual hands-on learner. So that's completely, I'm completely self-taught. I've never taken a photography course ever. Really? I've watched, no, never. I've, I've watched plenty of media, <laughs> lots of YouTube videos just for fun. But um, I'm a, I have to do it myself learner. Yeah. It's like, you're, I was that kid who was like, you're going to hurt yourself. And I was like, well, and my mom was like, she just has to do it. And then she's <laughs> never going to do it again. Uh, it's just sort of how I am in life and learning. And so knowing that now is great because now I know that why waste my time <laughs> doing all the prep stuff when the best way I'm going to learn is just by throwing that light on and making a bunch of mistakes and figuring out how to correct it. So that's basically sort of what I was doing for a long time. And then I just sort of had this camera and then I had my first freelance client that just sort of happened really accidentally, organically uh, while I was on my first maternity leave. And, and they sort of asked me to do a few things. I was like, Oh, I like this. And then, yeah. And then it wasn't until I had my second and sort of started to dabble a little bit more seriously in terms of making money uh, that I sort of thought, wait a second, everything that I've been doing in my career in marketing up until that point was only going to help me in my business. Mm-hmm. And then I, I still liked corporate, lots of aspects of corporate life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good schedule. I, you know, I still am like pretty nine to five, depending on how things are going. Um, you know, I'm still that sort of freelancer life that you see where people are working from the beach or just like taking the morning off to frolic. I, I don't really do that. Like I still really have a lot of those ingrained corporate things that I think contributed to being successful because it was just consistent showing up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not really hoping for like overnight, overnight success and that mm-hmm. sort of slow burn of just like sit down at my desk um, every morning and kind of continue to make it happen and plug away at it. And the things I was doing in marketing and in my, my corporate past too, like I, I, I liked those things. I didn't dislike it. So I I was able to, to bring it in with me, which was the graphic design and the web design stuff. And I was like, wait a second. And then once I sort of like honed in on women in business being my, Mm -hmm. my target and who I love to spend time with, um, that really lit me up too. Cause I could identify with them. That's what I was doing as well. A lot of us had similar stories where we had started freelancing, you know, pre or post kid because what it wasn't working for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, pre COVID, I remember going to uh, a boss a while, you know, after my, one of my children and just being like, Hey, could I work from home a couple of days? And that not even being uh, in the realm of possibility. Yeah which is so great that it is now it's changed so, so much for the better, a lot, especially for working mothers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And just sort of wanting to create that for myself. So that's sort of where freelancing came from. Um, and I think I was completely naive when I jumped into it, which was ended up being a good thing. Cause I yeah. think if I knew 
uh, all the bumps in the road and the challenging things. I, I don't, I probably, I might have chickened out, but I didn't. So I, I didn't know them. So I just went in completely blind. And it's that's the impetus. Party. That's the impetus for anyone who's listening and who's like, wow, you know, like Dana did it. She did the photography thing because I feel like there's a lot of people who really love photography and also really are deeply dissatisfied maybe with their jobs. And I'm not saying that everyone who's deeply dissatisfied with their job and loves photography should go out and do what Dana's doing. But there's tons of people right now, you know, they're calling it the great resignation. Everybody is reevaluating work, paid work and compensated work. And, you know, you, you did it pre-pandemic, but I remember like it was a big deal when you did it. You made this decision to, you know, kind of test it out. And, and I think you sort of, the way you would tell the story back then, I don't know if you remember this, was that you could always go back to corporate. Yeah. It was like you were like taking a mini vacation to try this freelance thing, but that if it didn't work out, you were going to go back to corporate in three months or you had like these sort of mm-hmm. deadlines set. And, you know, what, what I do think you a think lot of us do that was really, oh, okay. So maybe it appears to people like everyone abandons corporate and then they go after their dreams. And there's like the day you leave corporate and then the next day you're going after your dreams. But what you're telling me is it's like more of a slow burn. It is more of a slow burn. I, I think there's this huge section of entrepreneurs that, that feel like they have to like scoff at their corporate past or they have to like hate it or dislike it. And there have been a lot of negative experiences for people. And I've had some, so I totally understand how you could be like one chapter and then the next chapter. I'm an optimist. So I, I believe that those unicorn jobs are out there for people where they can really blend what they're good at, what they love to do with work-life balance. Like it, it exists. I, I'm raising my hand. I have a unicorn job. I really do. I do. Like it's there. And I, and I, I think I'm a, you never know person. I'm not a set in stone person. I think things have chapters and I think it can also like the entrepreneur thing can be such a part of your identity that I think can be negative sometimes too, where you're, you're so hard set that like, you know, this, I'm an entrepreneur and I will make it on my own and I will be a solo person. I could never, and, and going back to work or going back to corporate life would be a failure or it would be an admission that maybe this wasn't all I wanted to be, or it was cracked up to be. And like everything else, it's complete, it's complete pros and cons. Mm -hmm. But I will say that the entrepreneurship journey Uh, has been the biggest growth experience personally, because I had no clue that I'd have to look so inward all the time. I had no idea that my (laughs) shortcomings and strengths would be highlighted so aggressively. Um, And I was also used to, uh, you know, in corporate life, you really have someone evaluating your peers, evaluating your, your boss, evaluating all the time at what your strengths and weaknesses are in their opinion. And I think I had been told that for a long time. And then when I stepped into freelancing on my own, it was like, wait, I get to define what those are. And maybe the things that might've been quote unquote weaknesses in my corporate life are actually strengths in my freelancing life, like the ability to connect and the ability to 
yeah, feel deeply for people and really want Mm -hmm. them to exceed and really, really care. Cause I used to get that a lot. Like, Oh, you just care too much about your job. And I like about corporate life and, and when you sort of freelance, like it's sort of more socially acceptable to care that much because it's like your, it's your, your business baby. Right. But I can't not do that. I can't turn that part off of me about really caring about doing good work and doing a good job. And I kind of go all in on anything that I do. Mm -hmm. So when I Mm -hmm. commit to doing that, I sort of, sort of do it. Um, And I think I was able to play off of that a lot. But yeah, you're really doing your own evaluations all the time (laughs) on yourself. But everyone should be doing that. Honestly, like you don't need to look outward for that feedback on how you're doing. Like that's one of the things that really, I think, motivated me to go from the place I was at after having my third child to the place I'm at now was very much about being adrift after for so long getting um, validation and a reflection on whether I was a good doing a good job or not from everything else that was around me and then had my third baby hit postpartum depression really hard and realized that I was going to have to do a lot of work to stop looking externally for the for the mm-hmm. questions of like who am I what am I good at what am I bad at what do I like one of the questions my therapist asked me early on and we're going to go right to therapy I guess Dana Um, was like, well, what do you like? What are you into? And I was like, you know, like it was a really hard question to answer. But sometimes we do uh, rely too heavily on our jobs as working moms to if you work in in a structured position, you're not an entrepreneur, to get that question answered externally. And what an empowering process to actually, as a business owner, validate that for yourself so that you really know what you're offering your clients and you're not going to look for them to tell you what you're giving them because in a lot of ways that's really hard to market it's like hey i'm the photographer for anyone who wants anything at any time anywhere and i can like be totally fluid and do whatever you need done that's like a you're going to burn out like a dying star you really have to position yourself and anyone who's um on instagram if you want to follow dana at three crowns branding you'll notice that Dana has a clientele. She has a point of view. She has a voice for her clients that there's a very, a very celebratory nature of your photography of women and women business owners. And that's not going to be for everybody. Right. And I think that I'm sure your process of self-discovery and honing in on your strengths and acknowledging your, the things that are hard for you is also what got you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to therapy. Now <laughs> <laughs> therapy. Uh, yeah, I think that it will external validation point completely. Like we grow up having report cards. Yeah, school. Yeah, people evaluating that, and then we go into university and we have a little bit more of that. Just a little bit more markings, <laughs> a little more bell curve. Yeah, um, no kidding. And and then and then we and then we go into a job where we're evaluated every six months to a year, sometimes we get scored. Like I've worked in organizations where we get like number scores and then that determined where you went next. Um, And so when you move into like freelancing and working for yourself, you're a little bit like kind of like floating in space where you're looking around being like, who's going to tell me if I'm doing a good job or not. And so I think you kind of move into, okay, well, you can definitely take the social media route. So is that 
how we validate ourselves? Am I popular on there? Like, or is it money? Is it, yeah. is it me making money? Yeah. Is that how I validate it? And, and I, I think that you can't be a creative business um, without liking the business part. Yeah. If I, if I just loved being creative, I would do that on my own time. I would yeah. spend all weekend exploring and using my camera. There's nothing stopping me from doing that. Yeah. And anything gets old, anything. It even you could be shooting beautiful supermodels all day long. There'd be a day where you wake up and you'd go, still feel like it today like right like the novelty wears off of of many really? things right yep and you have from to just the outside it looks like a daily adventure sometimes it's a lot of sitting behind the computer yeah it's a lot, yeah. it's a lot of yeah. that it's the the days where you're out and about doing exciting in-person shoots those are the really energizing parts I think those are the parts that you kind of make you click in and go yep this is like, this is fun. And where else would I get to do this? Right. Like mm-hmm. when I did a shoot for like the bra, a bra company for Ruby's bras, like, you know, where else was I going to meet a bunch of different women, different shapes and sizes and photograph them and in, in their bras and watch them feel liberated. Like those are the moments. And those are things we go, well, this wouldn't have happened when I was working in other industries. <laughs> But then there's a lot of, you know, you're, you're in your head a lot too. You're at home and you're sitting at your desk and you're, you know, you're looking at your, your monthly take and you're, or you're, you, you have shoots just like anything else. You have like things that you just hit out of the park and you're like, I nailed it. And then you have things that you're like, okay, that was just an okay. <laughs> right. Like, right. I just did okay on that. <laughs> um, and then you have to deal with, you know, working on a client basis, people's reactions to themselves, right? Because I'm, I am capturing people. So I might think I hit it out of the park, but you might have been feeling something, some insecurities that day. And so we're kind of going back and forth on that. So there's a lot of, um, there's a big sort of therapy-esque component to, and vulnerability to uh, stepping in front of the camera too, which I've done it a lot myself now, so I can tell people the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. It's, you know, it's that, you know, it's like the more children you have, the more, the less like shame you have <laughs> undressing in front of other people. Yeah, it's like that with sitting in front of the camera, like you just get to the point, you're like, not every shot's going to be a great shot that I love myself, <laughs> but right. some, some, some will. And those are the ones that I want people to use in my like funeral slideshow. Right, right, right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Just okay. the good ones. Yeah. Just the good ones. <laughs> There's a folder on my desktop. <laughs> For my funeral? Yeah, it's called funeral slide. Beautiful Dana. Use these. Yes. It's only only shots of me frolicking in a flower field. Oh. Those are those ones. Well, um, you are very, very yeah. photogenic as well. It's practice. I come from a complete anxiety background, uh, which surprises a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somewhat agoraphobic, uh, spent many years pretty agoraphobic, mm-hmm. but I grew up in theater, which confuses a lot of people. Yeah. It just sort of, I kind of feel like I've reemerged into a new chapter, but all the other stuff, the baggage is like, I'm still tailing that <laughs> 
along along behind me it's still there yeah but my motivation to overcome it is is stronger than mm -hmm. it was before and that only comes with time do you think that your transition from working for somebody to working for yourself has got has been part of what's gotten you there or do you think you would have probably made your way there based on other factors based on your desire to do so your motivation your family your um the pandemic I think it's very interesting because there were so many with corporate life before there were so many knowns. And then I stepped into so many unknowns, yeah. unknown about like financials, unknown about if I was going to make it or not, all of that. And you would think that that would have made me like, that would have set me like to an 11. That would have dialed me past. I would have, I would have thought point. that. But it, it actually didn't. And I, I think I sort of feed off of that, like, fight or flight adrenaline let's see if you can really make it like do you have the fire in your belly type of type of stuff I think that I I like being uncomfortable even though I hate being uncomfortable at the same time I like controlled discomfort is that a thing <laughs> controlled discomfort I think yeah. that is a thing I think it's actually kind of a genius thing is like you know okay. if you can increase the minimum dose of discomfort that you can stand <laughs> slowly over time then you can start to really figure out who you are. Because in a lot of mm -hmm. ways, sometimes we find ourselves in a rut, but it's because we can't tolerate a minimum increase in our discomfort. And, or we're scared to, or we're not really sure actually how to test the boundaries of that. And what happens yeah. is we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And what happens is the margin of our comfort actually starts to narrow. And I think that I think what you're saying absolutely is like something I would say to a lot of people who find themselves either at a crossroads or needing to make a change or unsure of what to do next is like find a way to have some controlled discomfort. I think it's fantastic advice. Yeah, like we all like all anxious slash creative people. And there's a lot of us um, introverts, extroverts, <laughs> all of us, I think kind of like that, like there's, you know, there's there's a high with that comes from knowing that you're going to be really uncomfortable, dreading it, doing it anyway, succeeding at it and coming out the other side. I'm not sure if I got as many opportunities to do that before. I think all of this came when I really needed it to, to be here um, at the right time. I, I don't, I still say like, I have no, no clue what I was thinking in starting this. I really, I really don't. I, I blame it. I was still postpartum. Like I blame it on hormones. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Come on, everyone come with me. And my, somehow my family was like, okay. And I have a really supportive spouse that was also like, give this a try, see how this goes. I'm not sure I would have been so understanding if this shoe was on the other foot, which is really unfair. I can take risks, but you can't. <laughs> but yeah, I think having that support too was really, really huge. Mm -hmm. um, not having someone that was like, oh, I don't know. Like, can you, can you not? Like, what if it doesn't? Like sort of feeding that monster. I didn't really have anyone doing that, which like contributed to that naive, naivete that I talked about before in jumping, jumping into it. And there have been so many challenges. Um, it's not, it's not all, all glam. Yes. I don't have to ask anyone for time off, but I also don't get paid time off. So like, yeah, 
Yeah. There's the good and the bad with, with each one. And every entrepreneur looks at a salary every now and then and thinks that that feels really sexy to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just natural yeah. to wonder. Yeah. I hear what you're saying for sure. That is part one of the interview with Dana. Part two will release next week. And I just want to thank you so much for taking time to listen to the podcast. I know how valuable your time is, and it means a lot to me to build a relationship with you one-on-one as you listen and we explore things together. If you like this episode, please make sure to um, let me know. You can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there. And you can look for the pink post in my feed, which will always be pinned to the top of my profile so that you can comment on the most up-to-date episode. If you love this episode, there's two things you can do for me that I would really appreciate. The first one is to share it with somebody that you think will benefit from the content in the episode and that way the podcast can grow organically through sharing as we share with one another and continue to build our community of like-minded listeners the other way if you love this episode is if you would take a little bit of time to give it a rating and review wherever you happen to be listening I have been saying lately that Apple Podcasts is the best place to give a rating and review. It seems to attract 70% of listeners uh, who are regular podcast listeners or who are new podcast listeners, but I'm happy to um, receive a review from you wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, Please stay tuned for next week's episode. I know you're going to enjoy the second half of this interview with Dana. In the meantime, Thank you so much for listening. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, episode 46, and I will see you again soon. Bye.